What's going on, everybody? Nigel Marcellus here. Welcome to another episode of the Nigel Marcellus interview series. As a lot of y'all know, future talk show host in the making. One day I'm going to get there. Until then, y'all going to have to listen to me on podcasts, on YouTube, on IG, Twitter, all the platforms until I get my own show. And then when I get my own show, I'm going to have y'all out there in the studio rocking with me. But y'all know the vibes. Um, today, we have an absolutely amazing guest. I'm really excited to talk to her about just her experiences, life, everything in between. Amaya Russo, what's up? How are you? How are you guys? Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm excited. No, nah, no problem. I'm I'm very excited because the way I like came across your brand was, of course, like through social media. Right. And for one, to give people like a real quick background, you're a sports and entertainment brand mm -hmm. manager. You know what I mean? You are the VP of brand and integrated marketing. Mm -hmm. You have your own business. Yeah. You're a former athlete. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, like, there's it's so, there's, crazy. There's it's so crazy. much, so much that we could say about you. Um, but the way in which I found your, uh, basically found your brand and found you was I was scrolling through TikTok, and that's usually where I'm always like looking for like different talent, right. different people. And I came across this video where you were speaking on imposter syndrome, and you were yeah. talking about like what it's like being able to like accomplish so much, but still feel like you're not really there and you didn't really arrive or you haven't made it and you're not fully confident. Right. And I'm just curious, like, you still feel like an imposter? Oh, I I realize in this journey that I'm on right now, imposter syndrome is going to have to be in the back seat. I feel like she's just been, she's been around this whole time. Um, I think the way that imposter syndrome goes for me personally, and a lot of people who were actually reached out to me about that video, it's like it comes and then it goes. And so some days I feel like, you know, depending on the project, I feel like, hmm, am I able to do this? And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I can do this, you know? So mm -hmm. it, it just marries. It goes, it's just the way of the journey. Um, today, I do not feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow I might wake up and feel like, you know, it, it, it's just maybe a big, big task is given to me or something that makes me question myself. But for the key to handle it is just, let it sit for a second and move on. Know that any opportunity that's coming to you is made for you anyways. And that's what's helped me get through a lot of the things that I've that come up for me. Mm. What, what I love about what you said is like, just everybody at some point experiences it, but I think like we have that choice to like dwell on it and to kind of like yeah. live in that moment, or we can choose to kind of like keep it pushing and really fight through that feeling. And- absolutely. Do you have like an example of like one time where a process was just like whooping your ass? And then like, how did you, what was the process of you actually getting through that? Like, was it, um, did you have to lean on a support system? Did you have to <laughs> find it in yourself? Like, how did you kind of like overcome that? So um, being of this year, I, and I have a TikTok about this as well. <laughs> I promised to write down all the major events that were going on in the sports entertainment industry in my calendar and made it a mission to at least attend a few this year. I think that um, me putting it in front of my in front of myself and knowing that it's there was accountability, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, imposter syndrome came in and I had an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl and I just didn't feel like I was good enough to work at the Super Bowl. I've never been to the Super Bowl. I didn't know what capacity I would be there speaking with people. It was just like, hey, do you want to go? And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Right. 
sitting in my house and watching everybody go to the Super Bowl and do the activations and have the after parties and just network. I was sitting here like with complete FOMO, it's like the fear of missing out, right? Mm. And I sat up, I remember sitting on the couch and I sat up and I'm like, all right, All-Star Weekend's around the corner, I'm going. Don't know how I'm going, but I'm going. And then I had a call with this brand who needed social media coverage out there. And long story short, I ended up getting to All-Star Weekend. When I got to the airport, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I'm like, where am I going? What am I about to do? Who am I about to meet, right? I have no agenda. At this point, I'm not even kidding, Nigel. I didn't even have my flight booked back. So I was like, I was just like, we're just really going to wing it. Like, fuck it. Like, you know what I mean? Just kind of like, mm -hmm. and it was a really, it was a tether, a lot of obstacles, a lot of, a lot of travel obstacles tried to delay me to be there. And every time something would come up, I was like, oh, my, maybe I'm just going to go back to Charlotte. Maybe I don't need to be in Utah. Maybe I don't need to do this. Maybe I should just go back to Charlotte. So honestly, I had this conversation with myself in a layover. I was like, you are going to stop talking to yourself. You are meant to be here. If this plane, I remember I was taking my um, connecting. I say, if I miss my connecting, that is a sign that I'm not supposed to be here. My connecting was there. It was on time. I got on and I'm like, okay, I'm here. So I kept challenging myself with little things. Like if this isn't supposed to happen, this is going to happen. And I know that you can't really control things happening, but it's kind of funny when you try to trick yourself out of the imposter syndrome. Because the next thing you know, I'm in Utah. I'm like, oh, I'm in Utah. And I'm going down the escalator and all I see is NBA All-Star Weekend. And that's when it really hit me. I was like, I'm here. Like, I'm here. I, ma I made it here. I was supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. So really just controlling my self-talk, really. Because even when I was there in Utah, there were times where I was like, did I really just meet who I thought I just met? And like, yeah, you're supposed to be in this room. Duh. But it's hard to kind of balance that, that conversation with yourself, to be honest. Yeah. So with that, right? Because I know, like, for me, imposter syndrome, you know, that's that's gang. Me, that's me gang. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like somehow, some way, he always a part of the crew. I don't know how he get okay. it. But he always, um, but especially like grad school for sure. Um, but even like trying to pursue being a talk show host. The one thing I realize when I really get triggered and I feel that imposter syndrome is especially when I'm looking at what other people are doing, and you see like, man, I'm putting so much work. I feel like I'm doing everything I can, and that that success or that goal isn't coming, quote unquote, easy towards me, but somebody else it might come easier. And I was wondering for you, just kind of like in your industry, how, how do you like deal with comparison? Because there's so many different managers, there's so many different agents, there's so many people doing so many different work. How do you kind of keep that tunnel vision for yourself? It, um, there's something really important you just said, triggers. I, 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 going through my mental health process from even when I was in college, to post-college life, I've learned to really identify what triggers me and staying and staying clear of that and being able to identify and communicate how those feelings make me feel, right? Um, like you said, there's a, a, a small pool of athletes, but there's even a gigantic ocean of agents and brand managers trying to work with them, right? Um, for me, trying to navigate through that, I my biggest thing is to offer impact, you know, before any monetary, anything comes into play. I want people to know that I want, I want to walk away from our partnership, our relationship with impact. I want to be able to impact your life and know like, Hey, we really catapulted this X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. I think it's hard in this industry, even as a woman in this industry to really pave the way for yourself and make people take you seriously. Mm -hmm. So 
it is it, it, identifying triggers in that aspect when people talk to me is like you're not just talking to me as a woman i'm a woman in sports like you know have some put some respect in my name you feel me <laughs> so like it, it's always like that juggling act of like being your biggest advocate while being an advocate for somebody else too mm -hmm. yeah it's tough yeah. it's <laughs> no it, it's definitely tough truthfully and i think like especially on my side of things yeah. what, what makes it like so much more difficult is that it's it's hard almost to measure success because it's like you can shoot for the sky and you can say like oh i want to have like i want to be on a network i want to have this i want to have that but i think like the pathway to get there isn't always as clear as like other um occupations like for example like if i want to be a teacher you go to school for a certain time you know you have to go to school get this degree do this work and then boom you kind of have that straight path but i feel like a lot of the fields that we're in is just, it's not that, it's not a straight path. Oh, absolutely not. I graduated from Radford University with a degree in marketing. Child, I'm literally doing like barely anything that I studied. Okay. I'm doing a few things, but like they didn't tell you when we were in school, it's like, you can go to corporate and start as a specialist sales and just work your way up to be an executive after 25 years, or you can go work in sports as a marketer and always sit at a desk. And I'm like, uh, neither one of those sound appealing to me. And the, what you just said was so interesting, career path and like the pathway. I can honestly sit here and say that I'm currently paving my own path right now because there are people in the industry not doing what I'm doing and that's fine. But man, it gets scary because it's like, you don't get prepared for this. You know, you don't, you, I'm quite literally work, like working off of the skills I learned as a student athlete and, you know, just life stuff in college. Like it's, you're really waking up and paving your own path. And that's kind of the scary part. I think that's why maybe for us, like imposter syndrome is so big because you really wake up thinking, okay, what is, what am I doing today? There's no, there's no, there's no one telling me to clock in. There's no one telling me I need a, this isn't, I, I'm fully operating my whole agency myself. So it's not running. I'm not running. I'm not running. It's not running. So, but they didn't tell us this in college. So it's like, you're really learning every day, like every step, every new path a day. It's weird. Oh, it's so weird. And honestly, like shout out to the support system too. Cause I, I promise you like there's days where I'm ready to like jump ship, say fuck I'm it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm, done. I'm over it. And then I feel like it's funny. Like Drake has a line. It's like in dire times when you need a sign, that's when they appear. And I yeah. always feel like that's like this, the, the key of my life. It's like anytime I'm at that breaking point, anytime I'm like, yo, this is over. I feel like there's always some type of sign that's like, yo. Yeah. Uh, you like, just, just see tomorrow. See what I got for you tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. My system has been, oh my gosh, my mom is like my biggest, my biggest fan, my best friend. She has quite literally, no matter what dream I want, to do she'd be like are you sure okay let's do it you know what I mean and when I fall back and I and I need and I feel like I went eight state steps forward and 16 steps back she's always there to like catch me I think my support system and my friends who are not in the same industry that I'm in and even my friends who have developed in the industry have been just like a like a a beacon of hope because <laughs> there's a lot of times I'm like all right this is cool I'm going back to corporate by y'all, you know, do <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? So I'm just like, it's hard. It's really hard, but support and, and, and establishing a authentic support system around yourself in any industry you're in is going to help you like straight up. How did you kind of develop your support system? Like beyond like your mom, of course, you know, mother, yeah. they're going to be, they're going to ride and die. They're going to ride with you. As far as like 
friends or mentors, all that. Because I think that's another challenge that a lot of people have too, is just like really navigating that that support system. Yeah. Um, so I guess a lot of my friends are not in the sports industry. Mm -hmm. Um their things. Um, and so the biggest thing for me to help them understand how to be there for me, I think that's very important with your support system of friends. Make sure you educate them on how can they be there for you. You feel me? Like mm -hmm. how I, hey, I, I'm going out of town. I need you to do this, this, and this. Or if I call you, you know, whatever. You just need to let teach them how to to be there for you. As far as mentors, so this is a trick that I use in my industry, and anyone can take it because I tell everyone this. If there's someone who is really like in their own lane and, and you look up to them and you are just inspired by them, shoot them an email and invite them to a virtual coffee. It is quite literally, people don't take time to just talk to people. Like people always want, 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 want. If you sit down with the person that you're trying to be or you're inspired by and learn from them over virtual coffee, send a little Starbucks gift card, something, it goes wonders. I found one of my best mentors ever. Her name is Jessie Sloan. She is the manager for Andre Drummond and Marcus Allen, who is with the, who just left the Steelers. She paved her own way and I reached out to her on Instagram and we have been best friends ever since. So be okay with reaching out of your immediate scope of people for the mentorship, people who might have experienced more than you and, you know, invite them to, hey, you want to go grab coffee? Hey, you want to go grab lunch? Like something that's very authentic and human because people react well to that. And that's how I've cultivated this group of people around me that holds me up when I'm not the best. <laughs> One thing that you say, especially like when it comes to like your friends or like the people closer to you, is this idea of like communicating what you need. And I think a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people miss that one because we don't like, we assume that they know. Yeah. However, building that communicate or letting them know and informing them like, yo, this is exactly what I need. This is the support I need. And it's funny because it's like, we, it's almost like we hold people to a standard that they don't understand that we're, that's being there. Exactly. How am I supposed one of my best friends? I told her, I'm like, hey, I'm having like an emergency right now. Like, I need this, this, and this. And she's like, okay, how can I help you? Or if I need to vent, even when people come and vent to me, I always ask them this question. Am I putting it, am I giving you advice or am I just listening? Mm -hmm. You two different things. Sometimes you just need a soundboard. And sometimes you need, hey, can you can we wrap this idea around your head? Can you let me know? Know what you think i think making sure that people are intentional when they're listening to people vent and when they're in their different stages there's some friends who i don't speak with every day but they know that i'm busy and they know that i'm working and they understand that and they respect that and that's why i'll always hold them at a high standard they're still my support system but they just know i'm, I'm getting to it right now like I'm, I'm 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 grinding right now um i think that people take people don't realize how just having that conversation can change how much respect someone could have for you because they didn't know they didn't know how to handle this they didn't know how to handle that and even mental health back in college was a big thing for me and identifying how to communicate that with my teammates was big yeah one yeah. with that right like do you feel as if kind of like growing up you were taught that or is that something you learn through life as far mm -hmm. as like being able to communicate your needs being intentional with mental health and having people understand kind of where you're at? Like, did you, is that something that you learned or was taught? I, it was a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, now looking back hindsight, it's only always 2020. 
I do realize there were some lessons that my mom taught me that did push me to communicate. I was an only child. So when I came home at the end of the day, it was just me. Yeah, it's just me and my my toys. You, you, you only feel child. me? Only it's, child game. Only child. They don't talk about us enough. Not too much on us, but they don't talk about us enough. They don't. They, they always highlight like, oh, you being spoiled, you're this. But they don't really actually recognize the experience and almost like how lonely it is the to be an only child. And like, I would always, I think... I was so used to talking to myself in my own head that I never knew how to verbalize my feelings mm. into this stage of my life. I'm not even kidding. Probably within the last two years. I'm 26. Yeah. Like I, there were so many times where I was kind of like, okay, all right. The only time I wasn't really like that was when I was playing volleyball on the court. Like everything I, I highly verbalized. But as soon as I stepped off, it was like, I was a completely different person. And I think- mm. My mom tried when I was younger to try to teach me how to, if you don't like this, you don't like this. It's okay. You can, you can say you don't like this. So I think it was a little bit of both. Um, I think that life experiences and leaving my corporate job and tapping into my, my business in the last two years has quite literally pushed me to do that. Cause I'll walk into rooms and people think they can walk over me and I'm just not that type of chick. So you're going to hear me. You're hearing my, you're hearing my mouth. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Cause only, I swear this only childlike experiences, it's... They don't talk it, about it. They, we don't talk about it, no. For you, right? Mm -hmm. What's it like navigating friendships when you were younger? So for context, like for me, I never... I always felt like I was in second place, right? Like I was never the friend that people went to. I was never the person who people were like, oh, let's invite him. It was just more so of like, oh, he's cool. He'll probably be here. He'll probably show up. So I think like because of that, I grew up almost with this like unworthy mentality for myself <laughs> where it was just like, okay, in order to have friends, I must be productive. I must work. I must do that certain things in order to show my work rather than just internalizing. Like I'm already worthy. What was it like for you? Kind of like you have like that, that self-talk and that comparison of feeling like second place. Cause in, in for so long you were first place. Cause there was no one else running against you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I personally believe that sports really pushed me into that box in a good and bad way. That makes sense. Cause I go from not sharing anything, having my own, <laughs> my own room, having my own toys to not having to share something, share a dorm room with somebody to having to share, you know, a, a, a locker room with somebody. Um, I constantly felt like, because I never had siblings around me, I constantly felt like anything that I did was watched extra because I was like, mm -hmm. I wasn't used to that observation. I yep. wasn't used to that picking on me and stuff like that. I was like, I got, when I was younger, I used to get, take things so personal <laughs> all the time because no one picked on me. You feel me? Like no one was at home picking on me and taking my, my shit, you know? Yeah. So, yep. but I, oh, man. You know, it's it's tough. It sounds crazy, y'all, but it's tough. Um, but yeah, just getting into that that mode of of getting out of that mentality of just feeling I was comparing myself. I felt like I was comparing myself extra to people because I didn't have anyone to compare with at home. Like I was always felt like I was second to or second fiddle. And up until like probably the last four years of me moving to Charlotte, honestly, I really felt like I was always the second thought, oh, Maya's gonna be there. Like She's always there. She's cool. Like, yeah, you know, but never like main character energy because we were always main character at home. You feel me? Yeah. Yo, what's, yo, what's so crazy about what you said too is like, I don't know if this happened for you, 
But I think mm-hmm. because I didn't have, I couldn't measure where I stood with myself. I measured it with other people, right? So like, <laughs> I would go into a room. So context, everybody says I'm extroverted. Like everybody in their mama says that I'm extroverted. Mm-hmm. I'd be feeling introverted. Intro as hell. Because like when I first walk in a room, I'm not saying a word. I'm quiet. I'm watching. I'm studying. I'm trying to figure out like every single person, how they move, how they operate. And then once I understand everybody's energy, then I'll put myself out there and it's like, oh, it's for fair game. But I'm right. mad reserved, mad shy. Be like, y'all good? Everybody good? Okay, cool. It's the energy. Oh my gosh, me too. Like quietly, me too. My friends think I am an extrovert, and and I and I am to an extent. But man, I love just being at home by myself. I, I when I walk into a room of people I don't know, it's it's there's a difference between it's like people I know, people I don't know. Mm. If I don't really have anybody there, I'll walk in and say hey to the people I do know, and then just kind of like like examine, observe everyone I don't know. You know, and sometimes I feel like, and I don't know if you can relate to this. Sometimes I feel like people don't notice me, or or actually notice me because I'm always the not the odd one out, but I'm always like the vocalized one or the the the, the I guess the energy personality one. I sometimes I feel like, oh, they didn't say anything to me. Do I say anything to them? Like I have this like back and forth of like, yep. are they going to introduce themselves or do I need yep. to go up and introduce myself? Because I know how it's just like a it's the game is so in here is so crazy. Oh. I think. Crazier when out because you'll go back home. I remember going back home after school, being I was quiet in the classroom on the bus. We were like laughing all that stuff and going home and just being quiet and being my first self. And it wasn't anything that my mom did or anyone else did. I was just playing by myself. You know, yeah. I think a lot now into adulthood. Now that I'm reflecting on it, (laughs) yo. What's even wilder is like to take it a step further. Every interaction that I have when I go home, I replay it in my head. And I'd be like, damn, I should have did this. Or damn, I didn't do that mm-hmm. right. And I feel like they must have thought this when I said, like, it's this, it's almost this like weird game of like, you you want people to understand you and get anything you do, you feel like you're yeah. misunderstood. And it's oh, like, well. I never, I, I feel like I never was able to find that like common ground of people who yeah. just understood me. It was always like me fighting for that understanding. You always had to be an advocate for yourself because yeah. I feel like sometimes my I'm very passionate. I'm a very passionate person for my friends. My friends are basically like my siblings since we don't have any. Um, and I'm very, I'm very, I don't play about them. And so I get very passionate. And sometimes like when you are a passionate person and you know what it's like to be alone in that state all the time as a child, I think that you just take things extra personally and I don't ever want to, I'm like, oh, did was that too aggressive? Or was I supposed to shake her hand? Or did I, w- did she want a hug? Or like, I replay those things all the time in my head. It's so crazy. Like when I get home and, and with this industry I'm in, I do spend a lot of time in the nightlife. So I'm constantly around different clients who just want to go out or one of my clients is performing or something like that. And mm-hmm. so I'm in work mode, but I'm also like networking mode. And that's a constant battle I have to do. So I'm either like paying attention, full on introverted, not really seeing anybody but my client, or I'm trying to mix and mingle. It's like really, it's it's a it's a dance. Yeah. How yeah. does how does that look or what does that look like for like other like friendships and relationships? Cause I know yeah. I, balancing that dance can be really, really hard. And that line's blurred. And like, I know for myself, I put 
-hmm. especially when it came to friendship growing up and even now something I struggle with is like because I'm so passionate because I didn't have siblings every friend to me is like a brother or sister and I love them but it's also gotten me in trouble because I almost like poured so much into them too loyal I had this expectation of like, oh, this is going to be lifetime. You my bro for life. I'll take a bullet for you. I'm riding for you till the wheels fall off. And then something would happen and it would like decimate and I would be like crushed. Right. So like, how do you navigate all of that? That happened to me literally like the other day, like no, like a couple weeks ago. It's like we're such givers because for so long we've had so much piped into us, like just kind of. I don't know. I just feel like I have all this love and all this caring for something, for someone, for friends that I'm very, here's this. And my friend said, told me, she told me she wants to start doing styling. I will overload her like hell with styling content that I see on TikTok and things of that nature. But but they may not, that, that may not be what she wants. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I have to just make sure I'm monitoring myself. I think of myself as a bank, right? Mm-hmm. How much are you to, and how much are they withdrawing? You know, is it making sense to you? Do you feel like you're pouring too much? Do you feel like you're pouring too little? Right. Um, I have struggled with putting a lot of my friends needs and emergencies before myself in the past. Always, always been me. I'm, they call me mama Maya because I'm like a mom. I'm like making sure everyone's good. You you got home saved, all this stuff. Even if I have to stay up till five o'clock in the morning, I've recently started to put up boundaries. So that's how I navigate through that is boundaries. Cause I didn't know what those were last year. I didn't know what those were two years ago. And now I know what boundaries are. I know where I'm, I'm feeling and I know, know why I'm feeling certain things I'm, I, I do. Right. I think that's helped me not feel burned when a friendship doesn't last that long. Mm. What's an you example know? of a boundary that you have? Um, I, my friends know that I take my friendships very seriously. Mm-hmm. So if the, I like knowing everything, <laughs> that sounds so fucking, it sounds so pretentious, but I like knowing everything. So if we're pulling up to Bocal, which is a restaurant here in Charlotte, if we're pulling up to a restaurant and I'm thinking it's just me and you, but it's me, you, and two other people, I want to know that because my social anxiety, my, my, who is this? Who are they? You know, do I, am I in the mood to hang with them? My friends know to just let me know the scope of things. Also, they know I'm busy. So they tell me everything when I'm meeting with them so that I know what I'm walking into from a from offset or from a plane or something like that. Um, one of my other boundaries is calling me at a certain time. <laughs> Unless it's an emergency, because I need to decompress. Um, my friends respect that. Um, they, re- they, they really just respect my emotions. I think for me, I'm just like a not don't play with me type person yeah. because I hard for people so they know like it's just don't str- don't press the red button unless you have to for real for real yeah no I get that for sure I, I'm it's scary because like we're very very similar in that and that yeah like my friends know like I'm usually busy like if I'm not doing school I'm doing creative I'm not doing creative I'm like trying to figure out one of the two or I got family or I got all these other like things going on so I'm like one of those people who it's like you got to you gotta let me know what are we doing, where, what's going on. Give me the Spartan yep. version. Don't give me the long, drawn out story. Like, with notes, real quick. Yep. Give it to me quick. Let's handle it. Let's do it. Um, but with that, how do you deal with rejection? Because I know, like, I take 
I take it personal. Rejection and me do not mix. I I quite clearly have stopped myself from certain friendships and relationships. Okay, I, I fear rejection in mo mostly relationships than any friendships at this point. I think I'm, I think I'm handling that pretty well. Mm -hmm. uh, because I've curated my friend group and taught them how to love me and, and they taught me how to love them. So I feel like when it comes to rejection in there, we can have a tiff in a friendship. We can really like butt heads, but hey, you communicated with me. Hey, you communicate with me too. We're good, right? Mm. Oops. Oh my gosh. I hate rejection. It's, it's, it's helped me back from a lot of probably good conversations I probably needed to have sooner because I was afraid to have the other party, re, you know, responded. Mm. But I have that rejection is something that we cannot control. We can't control that. Like if someone says no, or if someone is like not thinking the same way you are, that's okay. I have to, I'm like, okay, Maya, put the guns down. It's okay. You don't have to worry about rejection. It's like, it's, it's a natural thing, but I can say that to the wheels fall off. I still hate rejection. Yeah. Rejection. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. When it comes to relationship, I'm, I'm learning. Like, mm -hmm. for context, like I've never been in a relationship before ever. Like, wow. Yeah. It's, it was, it's it was one of those things where it's like, because I didn't want Rejection definitely played a part of it, like because I didn't want to be rejected. Right. Because I always felt like if you rejected me or any times like I was trying to build with somebody and it didn't work out, rather than me seeing it for other perspective of oh they might have had something going on in their life, so it just right. wasn't meant to be. I always took it personal. Internal I internalized it, and I think a lot of that came from being an only child. As far as like I felt like it was all on me to build those relationships, to build friendships, to build everything. So whenever I had rejection, yeah. I was always like oh. I did something wrong. I wasn't good enough. I didn't show my worth, et cetera, et cetera. So for a long time, it like pushed me away from relationships. But I think yeah. I take it so hard business-wise because Oof. I felt alone growing up. My saving grace, my, my North Star, the thing that always kept me going is like the dream. Like that was the one thing consistently I always had. So it was... Whenever people reject me on like a business standpoint, I always have to catch myself recognizing how triggered that makes me and putting myself in a position to be like, yo, not just okay. You don't have to like We're good. You. We're good. We're good. Because my my initial reaction is always from like an athlete mentality. It's like twofold. Yeah. One athlete mentality of like, I'm gonna make you pay. I'm gonna make sure that you absolutely know what you missed on, number one. And then number okay. two is like. So I bet like my go-to, my friends hear me say this shit all the time. And they'd be like, Nadia, you got to chill. I'd be like, I bet you if Oprah gave you the same invite I did, you would not miss Oprah. You would change your whole schedule for Oprah. But for me, you're going to miss the pass up on me. Oh, yeah, I, I'm a stunt. And I had to learn how to like, bro, chill. Because we're competitive. We're competitive as hell. And, and it's harder because we were only children. I have to compete against anybody thrown into an industry and thrown into a lifestyle, being an athlete, being compared to everybody on the damn roster. You feel me? And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, play about me. Cause I know, and I think to your point, it hits me harder business wise too, because I'm like, you don't know all the great things I have up here. This is like, you have, I have, I have only touched the surface with you and telling you on what I can do for you and your business and your client. But I also goes back to my first point. I'm like, if it wasn't meant for me, What's meant for you will never miss you ever. Mm -hmm. So I 
I have to really, it's a lot about my self-talk when, when I deal with rejection, because when I first get rejected, the, when I tell you I see red, like a bull, I mean it. And it's like, okay, whoa, let's, let's take the emotion out of it. What is really happening here? Like, let's, let's survey the land and let's put the guns down. Let's, we're, we're good. We're okay. We're, we're still here. Move on to the next one. So I didn't realize how much business did hurt me for rejection. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to learn how to do the same. I would like legitimately put the guns down because it's it's one of those things where I would take it so personally. And like, I remember one time I had this interview scheduled and I think because I work with other people, like mm -hmm. the, my partner who I work with, he took off work to like get the setup. We had a, we went across the like, the mile in order to try to get like a location. We had everything set up. And this person was like literally day of an hour before, hey, sorry, can't do it. Uh, let's try it again later. And I I mean, when I said I saw red, like my whole day was blown. I was like, oh man. And it was yeah. like funny too, because my friend was like, yo, it's okay, bro. Like I don't, the money, like, don't worry. I'll always get the money back. It's cool. Like I'll work tomorrow. I could do other stuff. And in my mind, I was like, nah, you. No, it's not, no, no. Yeah, I'm like, nah, like, bro, like, however much you made that day, like, let me know, because I can, like, I'll slide that to you. Bro, like, I was so hot. But I, to your you point, like, I had to really learn, like, it was, it's okay. What's meant for okay. you, me. it'll work out. It's cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it. I, like, I'm the type of, I don't feel the first feeling I'm like, oh, I'm getting back in blood, for sure. For sure. Like, I, you don't, who else is better than me? Like, that's how I feel. <laughs> Could you possibly put up for this, you know? Just gotta gotta chill. No, I'm same way. So with that, right? Like how as far as like relationships go, how do you kind of navigate relationships? Because I know it's almost like you have to put yourself out there, but if you put yourself out there, there's always gonna be that risk of rejection. So do you just not put yourself out there or do you kind of even... you know what's crazy? In the last like year, I've really felt like I'm letting my career what I'm what I allow people to know about me speak for itself. You know what I mean? I think that because I'm in an industry where it can be seen in a very biased way, right? And um, and and I'm surrounded by men constantly. So when it comes to dating, I just know the certain type of partner will know how to handle me. And if not, if, I think because I'm so passionate about what I'm doing for my clients and like what I'm doing in this industry, if you are rejecting me or you don't like something or something like that, it's not hurting me as bad in the dating world. I'm kind of like, okay, that's cool. I'm still going to ride for me and my career. I still have to take care of this. If that doesn't align with what you want to, alignment is my one of my favorite words, by the way. If that doesn't align with what you see in a partner, mm -hmm. then that's okay, right? If, if, my, if my business ever comes into question, you know? I think for putting myself out there, um, I've been making more intentional steps because I'm very work heavy. So I'll work myself for 10 years without even seeking a partner. I don't, I don't give a damn. I don't, I don't care. I want my business is like my virtue. Right. And like my career, my name is what I'm really like working towards. Mm -hmm. So I've been working on putting myself out there more, less rejection and less I'm too busy and actually seeing if I can make time for, for things or time for dates or time to even talk to someone on the phone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I've been in a rabbit hole for the last three years, two, three years. And I like came up and I'm like, whoa, hold up. I'm doing this all alone. <laughs> there has to be switches. And I think um, mentally, what I was going to talk about earlier is like switching in between friendships and, and business and relationships and business. 
I have like an indicator for myself. So when I come home, I, I like my friend, Danny Lee, she is amazing. She is a, she is an entrepreneur out of Chicago. Um, she used to live in Atlanta. She taught me about the switch method switch. So when I come home, I was dating someone at the time. I know when I come home and I start, I light a candle that's signifying to my brain. All right. You're in girlfriend mode. You're not in business mode. You're in girlfriend mode. I think that is what is, has been successful for me in friendships and relationships is winning, when to turn this off, mm. you know, and us as workaholics it is so hard for us to identify that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You, uh, Loki called me out a little bit on that because I think I, I, one, of, one of my biggest problems is like, I tell all, I treat like every interaction like a business. Like, it could be business. It could yep. be, it could go from friend to business to relationship real quick. And I don't mm -hmm. want to put a title on it until I know for sure. And usually like, it's funny too. Cause it's like, I'll go out to like a bar to a club or whatever. And in my mind, I'm there to have fun. But even when I'm there in the ways in which I talk to people, it's like I'm working. You have to. You you quite that part I understand because I'll go out and, I, and people ask me what I do all the time. And I'm like, I'll talk to them about it till the wheels fall off, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I think until I get to like a Rich Paul phase in my life where I can walk into a room, people just know my bio, I'm gonna have to keep advocating for myself. I just yeah. gotta be aware of who I'm spending that time explaining myself to that makes sense mm -hmm. it can be a whoever off the street right or is this the richest person in the room is this the most tapped in person in the room identifying who's in the room for me to to, to spend that time telling you about myself too you know it's big because that will identify whether you are in the business category or the friend category mm -hmm. for me personally how do you have like boundaries between like business relationships or friend relationships or do you kind of oh like um having doing business with my friends yeah yeah I do um not big ones if it's in the same industry or if it's something where I can refer them mm -hmm. to something going on and they can ref they've referred me then I know they understand that exchange um some of my friends you know want to get in business with me and I'm just kind of like how I kind of I'm in the position now I'm like okay you give me the plan you let me know because when you mix money with friendship it gets real dicey real yeah. quick yeah. you know so I mean I, I it, it has to be the right situation I have two friends who I'm in business with and it's the right situation it's it's a perfect situation for both of us it's mutually beneficial um and obviously they don't actually they don't really live around here so that kind of probably helps too yeah um, but yeah, I just categorize my friends in certain areas. You know, if I see you're doing business well on your own and you're you're running on your own, then why not, you know, entertain the idea? Yeah, I, I feel like it's always for me like really hard to create those boundaries because we're not at that place where we're making money yet. So Correct. Yeah. So like a lot of my friends that I'm working with, like we would make great business partners. But because we don't have the necessarily funds to like actually put make things official as far as like deadlines, this, 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 we're getting paid for this. It makes it hard when it comes to like certain projects that we work on because there's no tie to really get it done beyond the friendship. Yeah. It's I think like I'm just at that weird place of navigating like the early stages of like really trying to turn what I'm doing into like something that's really official and something that 
it's sustainable that not only for myself and the business partners, but even for other people to look at and be like, oh, this is real. This is not just a passion. This is real. Facts. But I, I think that's always like the hard part of like entrepreneurship, especially early on, is that like people don't take you serious until you're making money, but you have to take yourself serious in order to make money. It's that weird catch 22. I was in Cabo last year, last May, and I made a random Instagram page because people were like, I I, I was a content creator before any of this. Mm -hmm. I created, I did my own brand deals, all that stuff. That's how I kind of navigated through how to talk to these brands and how to put stuff together, you know? So people always are like, Maya, you, you like, you always put the best content out and the best intentional content. And I was like, because I'm moving, I may have 5,000 followers or 4,000 followers, but I'm moving like I got 4 million, right? Mm -hmm. Because oh, my higher self is seeing it in a scope of, you're, you have a mega empire right, right now, right? Mm -hmm. And to your point, I, mean, I think because it's, for me and my business before it actually became money profiting, oh my God, it took forever. Um, but I had to move as if I was making a million dollar contracts work every, every month, you know, mm -hmm. where I was locking in probably like two or three contracts a month. Right. So I think moving in that, in that delusional state mentally really helps a lot during that, that, that decision, that rough part of like, we could really flip this and monetize this, but there's so much more on the path that we got to get to be able to do that. It's hard. Yeah. It's very hard. Let me ask you this, and I, I'm curious, and this is like one of my favorite questions to ask people, but just like, what is one thing that you've accomplished and downplayed, but feels like, but deserves to be celebrated? My friends will literally kill me right now because there's so many things that I'm kind of like, uh, it's okay, it's whatever. And they're like, are you serious? Um, well, actually I haven't announced it yet. But I guess I'll tell you. So I applied for this huge community with Forbes and it's called Forbes. And I'm going to go, I'm actually going to post it today. Um, I've, I've been sitting on it for like three weeks. I'm not going to hold you. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, wow, I'm in here. And I'm talking executives from all over the scope in the yeah. black and stuff like that to my friends. And they're like, I'm like, hey guys, I just got into this community. And they looked it up and they're like, what the hell? Like, why aren't you telling us people about this? Why aren't you telling? And I'm just like, well, I don't really think it's like a huge deal. And it's actually a huge deal. I, I downplay a lot of my projects, to be honest. Why? Because that makes it real. Here's <laughs> 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 that makes that makes things real. Like, um, yeah, it makes things very real. Like I got my first NFL client and my friends were like freaking out. I'm just like, yep, cool, yep cool like me me going to nba all-star like i came back and i was just like all right and people are just like that's a big deal and i'm like is it though and i think it's because i just doesn't make it real the imposter syndrome mm. of it happened through me it might not have happened to me you know what i mean yeah. and i need to remember that these things are happening for me and to me because i'm supposed to be in that room you know back to our imposter conversation earlier <laughs> But I'm I'm a big down player, like for real, for real. Like, I don't know this though. Like, do you recognize that you're practicing downplaying every time you downplay it? So you're getting really good at downplaying your accomplishments, like really good at I'm it. Master the art of it, and I think that's like 
I think it's because I try to keep myself very level-headed because I've been in the past where I've gotten big opportunities, but they were scammy as the hell. Like it was really scammy and I just got burned. Right. And I think, I think what I sit on the longest is waiting to make it public because I want to kind of enjoy that by myself back to the only child thing. I want to enjoy that alone internally. Um, I have an opportunity to go to the Forbes, Forbes 30 under 30 summit in October. And like, I'm not even like I, I hasn't even hit me yet, right? Because it's so far away. Yeah. But once I post, announce it, it, makes it real. And I think that me holding myself accountable to telling a certain t- story on my social media is is making me live in that it's happening phase. It's getting me out of the downplaying because when I post it and I run away from social media, I go back. People are like posting and hyping it up and things of that nature, and it's it's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. But I think. I'm holding myself to a certain content creator standard of showing people the day in the life, talking to people, you know, posting things that I typically would keep secret because that's holding me accountable of being in the now where my feet are and yeah. not kind of play everything that I really worked hard to do, you know? Would you say you have a fear of disappointment? I do. I feel like I would, I would feel, uh, yeah, a fear of disappointment for sure. I think that, um, and I'm also a risk taker. So it's always a very, it's a weird, a weird game here. Um, I feel like I do fear disappointment, um, not really from people, but for myself, to be honest. Mm. Like, like I, I have such high goals of like a vision. I have a whole vision board of like everything that I want to accomplish. And my fear of taking a step in a certain direction comes from, well, maybe I won't be able to accomplish the things I've seen for myself or mm. be able to walk into the rooms I've seen for myself. You know, that own self-expectation. So it's really myself more than everyone else. When, so you say you're a risk taker, right? And I'm I'm asking you this because I feel like this is me and I just want to see if like we have this in common. For yeah. me, taking a risk that is deemed quote unquote impossible or like not, might not happen to me is not as scarier as taking a risk that is like more likely to happen. And I think for me, like I consider myself a risk taker, but when my friends break it down, it's like, if something is impossible and somebody tells me it's impossible, I'm jumping for that. And I'll take that risk any single day of the week. And to me, it's like, oh, that's slight work. But if you give me an opportunity that's like possible and is more likely to happen, that's the scarier risk that like disappointment really comes into. Yes, literally, yes, I completely relate. I think the things that are impossible, I'm like, oh, yeah, sign me up. Where do I need to, you know, where's the dotted line, right? Mm-hmm. But I can obtain just naturally are the things I'm like, do I want to? Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it, I go into disappointment. I think I go into like, is this going to distract me from a big opportunity that's as riskful as something that's impossible? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pouring into this tiny opportunity. Am I going to miss something bigger go by? And I think I've had to work on being where you're at, at that time in your life, being where your feet are. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the safest risks are probably the biggest rewards that we just don't see yet. Because I think in the things that I have, in the opportunities that I've taken that were safe, I learned a lot about just everything that I do with my clients. Now I learned skills that I was able to, you know, monetize and scale 
on a bigger on a bigger way rather than taking a risk and risking it all and then getting burned that's like the worst thing but like I love taking the big risk like if I I tell my friends all the time I'm gonna have a private plane and they're like what and I'm like yep it, that that is like a no-brainer to me that's a duh I'm doing that but if you were to ask me to like you know go sit on a panel and talk and I'm like do I have should I <laughs> I don't want to mess up. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's so crazy. It's really crazy. But I agree. I'm the same exact way. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, it's funny. Like I, when you were describing it in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, spot on. And I think again, a lot of it's like the, the only child thing. It's just like, you tell me I can't do it. I'm a hundred percent going to prove to you. I can do it. Yeah. And also proving to myself that I'm capable of doing it. But then when there's things that is like not as difficult, it's a lot more safer. In my mind, it's just like, this is not worth it. But then when I do it, but then when I do it and it doesn't work out, I'll be like, damn, I couldn't do that. Like, no, I don't know why, like quite literally that's happened to me so many times, especially with people offering me jobs. Now that I'm like scaling into my business, mm -hmm. people have jobs at different corporations for the similar thing. And I'm like, mm, I'm okay. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go wake up and spend 24 hours out of the day, like, like monetizing my business and getting it out there rather than just sitting in something that's stable that could teach me a lot of different things. I'm like, I don't know why it's a delusional. It's a delusional. It's delusion. I'm don't worry. I'm drinking the Delulu water too. It's, okay. I'm, I'm drinking it too. Golly. Oh yeah. I, I have stories about that. I don't even want to get into it. Um, yeah. oh, let me ask you this though. And I think this is really just one, how I just want to wrap up the conversation. It's just as far as yeah. like, everything that you have going on, like you're absolutely busy. You're building a business. Um, you're doing so many incredible things, but in between all of that, how are you taking care of you? Oh, yes. Um, I listen to my body more now. Mm. I body a whole lot more. Um, being a former athlete, my body does not move how she used to. Um, I take time in doing the things that I enjoy. I, take time in doing the things I enjoy consuming as well, which is, I love YouTube. I love, I can sit and clean my room and literally watch YouTube all day to just decompress and go somewhere else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I care myself by doing like, my mom is big on walks it's been raining here in Charlotte the last like week, but going outside and being outside and being in nature, being close to water, like, I, I just know myself. I know I need to reset. And I think honestly, listening to my body and doing things that make me feel good have, has really helped me with the balance because I deal with five other people's lives daily. And sometimes mine will get lost in the mix very quickly, yeah. very quickly. So even from the point of like putting on my calendar of like, okay, you're gonna spend an hour like meditating or you're going to go to Trader Joe's because you like going to Trader Joe's and getting new flowers, like it, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And then my final question for you is just, what do you love about yourself? Oh, I love my defiance. Like I love how I honestly, let's take that back. I, I love my comp, my competitive edge. I'm a competitive <laughs> person. And I think because I'm so competitive in that aspect. I know that I am going to change the game of where I'm going, right? Because mm -hmm. I know no one's doing it. So if no one else is doing it, I'm going to do it. 
because I'm competitive. I want to be the best. So I love that self-talk for myself. I love that. I just love that chip on my shoulder that I always have. I've always had, even when I was in college. And I just really enjoy that about myself. And just knowing that I always have my back mentally. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I always am like, oh, well, I'm the best. Or, oh, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to learn from the best. Like, I know I have access to that. I know I can maneuver that. So honestly, but my competitive edge, the chip on the shoulder, the only child syndrome. <laughs> a, little, a little sprinkle of that. A little sprinkle. Yeah. A little sprinkle. It helped help with the seasoning. You know what I mean? Well, you know, yeah. yeah. I love, there's a lot of things I love about myself, but I think that's like some of the biggest traits. No, that's what's up. And I just want to say, like, I really appreciate you, one, for this conversation, and two, really just being out there, doing what you do, shining. Um, before this interview, like, once I, like, find people, like, I always try to do a deep dive of their work, of their content, the stuff that they do. Um, I watched you on, like, multiple, or listened to you on multiple different podcasts. I went through just, like, all the motivational stuff that you post or, like, your stories or your day in the life. And the one thing I've noticed and I could like even feel it now. It's just like you are huge. Like you're great. Oh my gosh. You thank are you. Great. And it's funny because you was on like this one podcast and you were talking about how you want to be at that level, like Rich Paul, and like you see yourself at that high standard. And like I just want you to know, like, not only are you gonna get there, but you're gonna be better and you're gonna be the Amaya Russo. Like you're gonna be the one everybody shoots and strives for. So I'm like. So excited to connect with you. I'm excited to see like all that you do, where you go. And yeah, no, you're really amazing. And I just want you to know that. Much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. I love what you're doing. This is going to be huge. Like this is going to be huge. You're sowing the seeds properly how you need to, to make it to your show. So Thank I'm you. here. Thank you. Where can uh, the people find you at? You can find me on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. My favorite app, um, Adam my um and then on instagram the life of amaya with an x and the second a and then maya from grind on tiktok perfect everybody make sure you tap in with her follow her career and make sure whenever she accomplishes something y'all go crazy <laughs> in them damn comments because chances are she probably downplayed it a little bit before she posted it so go no. crazy for her because she's amazing she gonna be great and y'all wanna you better catch on now before it's too late too um, late everybody <laughs> Appreciate y'all for listening, no matter if it's the daytime, nighttime, morning, evening. I think I said day and night. Same thing. But y'all <laughs> already know the vibes. Love y'all. Be safe. Appreciate y'all. And peace and love, everybody. Bye.